The Casey Legend Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Live from Hollywood Casino at Kansas Speedway, here's your host, Sterling Holmes. Welcome to the KC Legend Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Sterling Holmes here live at Hollywood Casino at Kansas Speedway from 6 to 7 p.m. for Chiefs Legends Show. Every Monday from 6 to 7 p.m. we'll be here live with special guests, former Chiefs players, getting their inside perspectives on their career, the past Chiefs game, and a look ahead to the upcoming one. Tonight's special guest is former Chiefs wide receiver Tim Barnett. Tim, before you get here, i got to say something really quickly. Kyle, back at the studio. Can you press one button for us, my man? We're echoing over here. Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate it. Tim Barnett, former Chiefs wide receiver. Tim, how you doing? Doing good. Uh, thanks for having me, Kyle. Man, this is going to be a great day. It's great a great day. day. Well, you know why? The Chiefs got it out of the way. The one bad loss a year is now out of the way. It happens. Well, the it, Titans. it's better to lose um, in October instead of December, January. So, you know, it's okay. I mean, I hate to lose to a uh, division opponent, but, you know, it happens, and I remember when I was playing, Denver used to beat us all the time. <laughs> in the last 30 seconds, they'll beat us every time. So, you know, it's a game. Uh, Patrick was sick. Um, he had to endure some things. Um, you know, um, there were some mistakes made. And it's good to make those mistakes now because uh, knowing Andy and, and the way Andy is and the coaching staff and Spag, they're going to they're gonna capitalize off those mistakes. And those are the mistakes they won't make in December and January. Yeah, and this is a... This is an occurrence that happens once a year where the Chiefs play down to their competition to a team and they lose and then they get right, okay? What happens now in October does not define the rest of your season. They lost to the Colts last year. The year prior, it was the Tennessee Titans. This is a situation, a game that happens. And I will also say, I'd rather be on this side of the equation than on the Broncos' side of the equation, right? Exactly. It's 16-1. to 1. Yep, I, exactly. For, for all of the talk about, yeah, the Chiefs blew it, this, that, and the other, it is so difficult to beat a team 16 times in a row. I like to laugh and say, don't cry because it's over. Yeah. Smile because it happened. Well, when you uh, when it, when a person is in your – a team is in your division, you plan them twice a year. Um, we beat this team, what, 16 times in a row? Yeah. So – Eventually, I, I just told my wife today, if I had to fight Mike Tyson uh, 17 times in a row, uh, he'll probably beat me down pretty bad. But it might be one of those times I'm going to beat him. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll get a lucky punch in there and knock him out. So that's what happened. Uh, the Broncos got a lucky punch in there. They caught us when we were kind of vulnerable a little bit. Patrick uh, was a little bit under the weather, um, you know, and. As I told my wife, I said, you know, as, as a receiver, I can I can sit back and say, oh, man, he dropped the ball. He fumbled the ball. But it was cold as hell out there. I can assure you that. So it, it's not easy to catch that ball in the cold. The ball is extremely hard. Um, it's extremely slippery. You know, they were, they were um, getting him from the back uh, like MVS caught a ball. And, you know, me personally, I didn't think it was a catch because he caught it. And I didn't think he made – he was turning – to make that run, but I don't, I don't think he took a step. But, you know, uh, the referees I've learned over the years, I, whatever they say, I go along with it. So <laughs> I, I look at the referees like my wife. Whatever my wife says, hey, I'm going to go along with it. 
I, I will say, too, five turnovers. If you can't beat a team with five turnovers and your quarterback having the flu, uh, you might never get it done. But I want to go back to Mahomes having the flu because we were talking a little bit before the show here. I've had the flu before. I'm sure you have at some point. It's hard to do anything, let alone a sport at the highest level. Not only that, not the fact that he was trying to play through it. He's a competitor. We get all that stuff. But now you've been around your team. You've been around your teammates. Any chance that this snowballs into a thing where maybe you should have stayed at home for the week, throw out Blaine Gap, <laughs> see what happens, because now you might have to deal with your team getting well, sick. Well, I, I think uh, I'm sure um, the team physicians uh, as well as the trainers has done everything that they can uh, to prevent that from happening. I'm, um, I, I'm sure Patrick was taking, taking IVs throughout uh, Saturday. Uh, he took them again on Sunday. And even if you had uh, team teammates that might have felt a little sick, because before you get the flu, you know something is coming down. And um, I commend Patrick for even playing, because me, myself, I don't think I could have played through the flu. I mean, I've had the flu, and I'm just, I don't want to do anything. No. I lay in the bed. Uh, you don't even want to eat the chicken noodle soup that you get. You just want to try to uh, get it back together. So, I mean, people get the flu. You can't even go to work. That, that's not a, a job like football. And it it wasn't like he was in a heated condition, an indoor facility. He was outside still in a very cold environment yesterday. Yeah, and now you have to go a 10-hour flight over to Germany. Uh, this yes. is not a fun situation to be in if you have the flu. Again, former Chiefs wide receiver Tim Barnett is our guest right here as we were live at Hollywood Casino at Kansas Speedway. Where do you see the disconnect happening between Mahomes and the wide receivers, right? You look at the all-22 sometimes, the, the view from the top. You do at times see wide receivers open and yet, guess what? Mahomes does not either trust him to throw the football or he's looking strictly at Travis Kelsey. You know, you see MVS, he's a, what, five-year, six-year veteran. Yeah. You see a, a rat where he's supposed to come back on the ball. He doesn't come back. That is something you hope that he would learn being a veteran in the NFL. You know, you see Sky Moore dropping the ball, Rasheed Rice dropping the ball. Where do you see this disconnect happening between trust and separation with Mahomes and the wide receivers? I, I don't think it's a, a, a disconnect at this point. I think it's a, a situation where a couple guys just drop past and it happens. You have, as a receiver, you have a lot going on. Uh, you you got to run that route. You got to look at the bliss adjustments. You got to if they bliss, you got to make an adjustment. So it's a lot, especially with young guys. Uh, myself, when I was a rookie, it, it it was a lot. I was like, how the hell they want me to run a route at full speed? Look at. Um, Who's coming? And the guys disguise it all the time. Yeah. So there was times I think they're coming, and I'll cut the route short, and it wasn't a disconnect between Joe, Steve, or Dave or myself, but it was just I thought actually they were coming. So and 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 uh, MVS, you know, I think he was coming back. That field was cold, I'm sure. Uh, the ball was, as I said, very slippery, hard. It was a it, it was a bad condition to be playing in for one. So, you know, it, it's I, I think it's there and and. It's not that, Tra that that Patrick is looking for Travis every time, but you know what? If I was a quarterback, the way Travis play, I'll look at him as much as I can because he <laughs> makes it happen, you know? I, I do want to bring up, since you brought that up, the, the differences, the, the, the nuances in the NFL at wide receiver. How hard was that transition from college to the NFL? How long did it take before you really started feeling comfortable? Well, actually, it takes about mid-season mid before you feel comfortable. Uh, and, and we played, what, uh, seven games now? Yeah. And I, I think it's going to get there. I told people from the – even – you see their improvement from the first game. Uh, there were some passes dropped uh, from Tony the first game. But Tony, you know, he was injured during training camp. So 
the first couple of games, first four games, is just like him going through preseason trying to get uh, acclimate to the game because the game gets faster from preseason to um, regular season. From regular season to playoffs, it gets faster. Yeah. And unfortunately, I didn't get in the Super Bowl, but I bet that's much faster <laughs> too, you know. So I, I think they're going to be fine. Uh, and I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, I think tomorrow is the trade deadline. So yeah. you never know what's going to happen, you know. Um, uh, so, uh, and, and Andy and Veach and, and Mark Dunham and those guys, they're very smart. They know what they're doing. So you don't have to really worry about, about it. They're going to take care of that part. All you have to do is go and perform on the field. Yeah, in regards to the trade deadline, you know, it seems like McCall Hardman bringing him back from the Jets may have been the move that was going to happen. Richie James uh, looking like he might get uh, might return from the IR, but probably not going to be with the Chiefs. Some news broke today that Richie James, most likely, according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, they are exploring trade possibilities, looking like Richie might be the odd man out in regards to the wide receiver room. But do you think this is what we're going to see? Is this the current wide receiver room we will see for the rest of the season? Uh, very possible that, that this is the guys that we'll see. Um, they are professional athletes. Um, you know, they'll get it done. And, you know, the Chiefs always seem to find a way to bounce back. As Today, Keith Cash and I was having a conversation, and Keith said, you know, we lost the game. We had a lot of opportunities, which tells really how good our defense is. You know, we didn't, yeah. just, we didn't get blown out. And if you think about it, we were in the red zone, what, uh, about four times yeah. where we could have scored. That was 28 points. We, w- we win the game. So, you know, we just got to capitalize on opportunities when we get in, inside the red zone. You got to be able to uh, – capitalize with touchdowns instead of field goals so and we didn't score yesterday hey it happened uh, a couple of years ago we were playing the dallas cowboys right here which is a great football team you remember we beat them uh, and they only scored three field goals yeah. they didn't score a touchdown so it's going to happen uh it's karma it, it, it happens to us and, and like, like i said it's better to happen now in october instead of december and january and it happened against a division opponent opponent so guess what they'll be ready yeah former chiefs wide receiver tim barnett is our guest as we are live at hollywood casino before we talk about the electric defense because i got some fun numbers i want to bring up there i do want to talk about the offense they are third in yards per game but 12th in the nfl in points per game and the reason why as you mentioned it's red zone scoring red zone scoring they are 18th touchdown percentage in the NFL. That is not what we're used to seeing from an Andy Reid offense. Where do you think the disconnect, where do you think the settling for field goals is happening? Is he getting a little too cute? Is the uh, horses just not quite there? Because we're seeing some stalling once you get inside the 20. Well, we do a lot of things inside the the red zone. Um, As you know, you see a lot of shuffle passes and things of that nature. Uh, And the things that we do inside the red zone, I mean, we've done this and been very successful at it for a few years now. Uh, You know, what in the Super Bowl, the last last three of the last four years. So... Everybody's picking up on That's the thing about the NFL. What you do, eventually teams are going to pick up on it. Sure. Um, you look at a guy like Lamar Jackson. You know, Lamar Jackson used to take off running. Everybody looked like, damn, look at this rabbit. He's gone. <laughs> and now everybody picks up on it. You don't see Lamar running anymore because they have a spy throughout the game. So people are picking up on it. So Andy's a very smart, intelligent coach. Uh, I have the utmost respect for him, and I can guarantee you, and he's going to figure out a way to win games. So he's probably going to change some things that he do down there in the red zone and uh, probably start pounding it a little bit and getting mm-hmm. it in there, you know. And that, that Isaiah Pacheco, I'll, I'll give him the ball on, on, <laughs> on the one-yard line and let him go 99 yards because he's, he's a beast. Yeah, I was going to say, so, sometimes – 
I think that's where some of the frustration lies when you're watching the game because Andy Reid is an all-timer. In my opinion, the best offensive coach right now currently in the NFL, the best head coach in the NFL right now. But sometimes he gets into the red zone, the third and one, the fourth and one. You know, the fourth down conversion rate for the Chiefs is 19th in the NFL right now. Those third, third and one, fourth and one situations. You're sitting here going, give the ball to Isaiah. You know, I was talking to Christian Okoye uh, the other day, and he was just saying, just give it to Pacheco. Just, 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 just get that one yard. Stop, well, stop you, overthinking. You know it. the thing with Christian? If we needed, if it, if it was third and three or fourth and three, we can give it to Christian. Christian gets hit in the hole. When he falls, he's going to have the three yards. Yeah. So he was, he was that big of a guy back when he was playing. But you know, it, it's going to happen. I, I mean, and it's a lot. I think Andy uh, holds back a lot for for many different reasons. Sure. Because you know, everybody's scouting, and every week is try, trying to figure out what you're going to do. And you know what? I, I, me personally, I think on Sunday we're going to see a totally different team. We're going to be like, wow. Yeah. Look at this. Where did this come from? Yeah. So, I, I mean, we get up for those games we need to get up for. And, you know, sometimes teams will catch you slipping. Denver caught us slipping and caught Patrick in a situation, and they beat us. So, it happens. Yeah. When the Chiefs go to Germany, they're going to be playing on a synthetic field. It's going to be 90% real grass because last year was all real grass. And some of the players complained because the grass that you play for in soccer, a little different than football. Yeah. It's, it's a little thinner. thinner yeah. And the players said they couldn't get any sort of grips. They're using a synthetic, which is 90% grass, 10% little fibers to make it a little stronger. What were your thoughts of, of this grass versus artificial versus turf? Where do you land on the in-betweens here? Me, me personally, I would prefer um, the natural grass. Uh, and, but now I will say turf makes you a lot faster. You become, you begin to, um, uh, I'll tell you a guy, Derek Thomas. Yeah. Uh, Derek was the greatest show when, once you got on, on turf. I mean, I used to, you, you know, when you're on offense and the defense out there, you go sit down, you, you're, you're Checking over, looking at the uh, pictures, the photos, trying to see what you missed and what you did wrong. But you want to just watch Derek come off that corner. <laughs> and Neil and, and, and Derek on turf, Derek, you, I, I used to just shake my head and say, wow, I'm glad I'm on this guy's team. <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, it, that, and that turf sometimes, that artificial turf is kind of dangerous uh, for knee, ankles, yeah. uh, things of that nature. But, you know, um, Alan Wright will have every, which is the equipment manager. I'm sure Alan will have everybody right in the right shoes to do what they need to do at that particular time. Yeah, a little under the radar, uh, behind the scenes stuff here. How many pairs of shoes did you have? When you played as far as, you know, the thin cleats, different style of cleats, what did you have to use to get right? What do you use in different situations? Normally, normally I traveled, uh, six pair of cleats, um, you know, depending on the situation, especially if it was grass, uh, because once you get out there, if it was a little wet, you needed the long spikes. If it, uh, was a thin grass, you needed the short spikes. Uh, so you just, you, whatever makes you comfortable. So you normally try to travel with, especially more than one set of cliques, um, and because you gotta be ready for whatever situation comes. So, it, I mean, they're, they're gonna be ready. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I feel very confident and, um, I told my wife today, you know what? I'm glad we lost that game because I bet we're going to be up for Miami like crazy. So that's what I'm excited about. I'll be up early Sunday morning. Um, I hope my pastor not, not listening, but I'm probably going to miss church uh, 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 because we're going to go to a uh, watch party over at Chicken, Chicken and Pickles in Overland Park Yeah, uh, and watch the game early in the morning. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Former Chiefs wide receiver Tim Barnett is our guest right here at Sports Radio 810 WHB as we were live at Hollywood Casino. What is that going to be like for the players, that 10-hour flight? 
you know, athletes are creatures of habit. You have your usual, you know, your practice, your, your, yeah. your, your walkthrough. Then you either are away or home, but you still have a normal flight, and you have the same situation week in and week out. This is different. This the, the, the Chiefs are flying out on Thursday, I believe, going to get there and do their, their normal practice and stuff on right. Fridays. It's an early game, right? It's an 8 a.m. game. It's, it's not noon. It's not 325. It's not 7. It's early. What is this like for the players to completely have everything thrown in, into space here? Well, the thing, the, the way I look at it um, is that even though that's a 10-hour flight, right, put it together. When we fly uh, in town, out of town, say um, if we play on Sunday and we play again on Thursday, we're playing in, in L.A. So we go to L.A., come back. That's a six-hour flight uh, return round, round right? So you, we're going to be there. If you're there on a Thursday, you get time to acclimate to it. It gives you the time to get over the jet lags. And, you know, practice is a little different than when I when I played. When I played, it was hit, hit, hit. Sure. Now it's more a little, little finesse and uh, a lot of meetings and a lot of walkthroughs. And, you know, they're going to the game with a different aspect. So I think they'll be fine. And, and the way I look at it is that it's going to be an early game, but Miami, it's going to be an early game for Miami as well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, according to Matt Derrick, uh, Chiefs are traveling on Thursday afternoon, and then they will practice in Germany on Friday. So that is the current game plan for Kansas City. Would you have liked it as a player? Would you have liked to travel overseas, whether it's London, Germany, and play in a game? Well, uh, it, it would have been. <laughs> that, uh, doesn't seem too promising. Well, it, it just depends on uh, the situation. And, and you know, Actually, now football is becoming very popular um, in Germany and, and London and those places. So, and I think the, the NFL is now expanding their whole thing, the horizon. And yeah. so that's just what, what they're doing. They're taking advantage of it. I, I think it's good for the fans. And believe it or not, there's a lot of fans over there. I um, I play PlayStation PS5, yeah. and I was playing one night, and this guy's talking to me, and because we could talk through the headset, sure. uh, through the controller, and the guy was from Austra- Australia. Really? And, all, and I was playing with the Chiefs, and he said, you took my team. And I said, excuse me? So then he told me where he was from and everything, and, and it was just great. So now I have a relationship with this guy, and we play all the time. And, it, you know, and I have, to, I have to adjust to the time change because when I'm up trying to play, he's like, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm asleep now. And I'm like, oh, my bad. I'm sorry. So that's just, that's just what it is. But uh, the NFL is going to expand over there um, in Germany and and I, I think it's great. It's great for those people because they don't get a chance to really see uh, the NFL live. Sure. You know, they, you know, over there it's uh, soccer and rugby. So, and rugby is a, uh, a sport I wouldn't play. I mean, it's, uh, that's a dangerous sport. <laughs> I mean, no pads, no no helmet, no face mask, no anything. So, that's a rough sport. So, I, I think it'll be good. And um, I think we, we, I think we're going to have a, a great uh, fan base over there. We did a uh, John Lomar and I did a thing with. Um, uh, Russell Stovers, and there's a lady that works for Russell, Russell Stovers, but she's uh, placed in Germany, and so she's going to be at the game. And she she was just telling us when we did it that we have a great fan base over in Germany. So I think it'd be great. Yeah, I mean, think of it this way: when, when, when Messi would come over here, now obviously Messi is now in the United States, but when you would see these massive soccer clubs come to Kansas City, even for an exhibition game. They're packed houses. Yeah. Now think of it over here. The world champion Kansas City Chiefs are going yeah. over there. Of course, this is going to be very, very exciting for everyone in Germany. Um, Tim Barnett is our guest right here, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Can you walk us through your game-tying touchdown in the 1993 wild card game? <laughs> How did I know that was going to come up? Well, believe it or not, that um, we had a play called, and um, so at the time we um, 
we were trying to figure out what they were doing. That was a very physical football game that day. So we were trying to figure out what they were doing. Or were they in man? man are they in zone? Are they going to bliss? So, you know, we, we uh, zigzagged it a couple of times, motioned to see what Rod Wilson was going to do. And he went with me a couple of times. Then the last time he didn't go. So I kind of I sat in the back of the end zone, and um, I was like, I hope he see me. And <laughs> it took that ball probably like two days to get there, it seemed like. But, but he saw me at uh, – it, it was great. That was a great game. I, I never forget that game. Um, man, it, it, it rocked that day. It yeah. rocked. I, and I was almost sure. I said, we're headed to the Super Bowl. We beat Houston the next week. So I was like, hey, this year it's going to be different. We went to Buffalo, and there it was again. That cold weather, it's a different kind of cold in Buffalo, different kind of playing environment, um, you know, especially when you're in the playoffs. It's, it's important to be uh, get that home field advantage. You've brought this up a few times now, the cold and wide receivers. Is it that difficult for wide receivers specifically? Is it for everyone involved outside of the trenches and running the ball? Because, you know, it, the fans, the media, I don't know if we fully grasp what it's like to catch a ball from a quarterback rocketing the ball into you. You know, you have, obviously they have these gloves now, a little different probably than even yeah. when you played, a little, little more padding, a little stickier here. But still, you know, the difference between playing when it's 70 versus 20 or 30. You know, it's, uh, you, you put it in your mind that, oh, it's not that cold, but it's, it's really cold. And it's, it's not easy catching that ball, especially when it's, uh, in the 20s. Um, the ball is ex- extremely slippery. The ball is extremely hard. Uh, it, just like for Buckner and those guys, it's hard to kick those field goals. Sure. And, uh, you know, uh, hats off to Buckner. You know he was a little uh, uh, under the weather or had something going on. Sure, but he came through. Uh, great kicker, and that ball is hard. And it's just, it's. I mean, you have guys. Um, Steve DeBerg used to drill that ball. I mean, yeah. he drilled it. Joe didn't drill it as hard. Dave Craig had a good drill on him. But when it's cold, um, it's it's a little different. you got to be a, a little bit more pre- prepared. And a lot of guys in the cold weather, you try to use your body to catch the ball. Sure. Yeah. It, don't don't want to get your hands out there. Don't, don't want to break a finger out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll take a quick break. Again, Tim Barnett is our guest right here. Sports Radio 810 WHB live at Hollywood Casino at Kansas Speedway. Welcome back to the KC Legend Show right here. Sports Radio 810 WHB. Sterling Holmes here live at Hollywood Casino at Kansas Speedway. Again, our special guest is Chiefs wide receiver Tim Barnett. Since we are here at Hollywood Casino, Tim, what's your favorite casino game? You know what? Um, back in the early days, I used to play the, the slots. Um, kind of enjoyed the slots. I don't know how to play blackjack. I don't know how to shoot craps. Uh <laughs> So, I mean, the slots. And, and, and uh, what was it? The penny slots. You know, so I just take my time on the penny slots. I go get me $20 worth of uh, pennies and go go that way, and I'm good to go. Yeah, you got time. Then you, you can spend three hours yeah, on, exactly. on penny slots. Then you're exactly. good, you yeah. know. Um, in regards, since you said slot, in regards to playing in the slot versus the outside, what is the, the nuances, the differences? Because I think a lot of Chiefs fans, you see, let's just say, for example, uh, Rasheed Rice has been thriving in the slot this year. And everyone wants to see Rasheed Rice play more myself included yeah but he's not played a ton on the outside he's been primarily in the slot you know sky Moore personally i think would actually be better in the slot than on the outside but because Rasheed has that short up right now he has been playing on the outside and we've seen him struggle you know can you just bring us through and take us up to speed on some of the nuances between the slot and the outside here sometime when you when you get in the slot or receiver you have a safety that have to cover you so you have an uh, advantage there because that safety is not supposed to cover a receiver uh, safety is primarily is is to keep the safe part 
out there sure. safe and watch all the deep the deep throws and and, and uh, try to prevent those. So when you get a get a safety and you uh, teams that play man, man especially, you'll get that uh, safety have to come down in that slot. And sometimes if you're lucky, you'll get a linebacker caught out there in that slot. Got to cover <laughs> receiver. So the first thing you know, I, hey, I'm, I'm gonna make sure I get out and make sure he don't get his hands on me. I'm gonna shake him. And especially if his man, and you can you can run away from him. Sure. And it's even dangerous, even tra- when Travis is, is flex, and you got a linebacker out there covering Travis. Because I, I tell anybody, any given day, Travis Kelsey is a receiver in a tight end's body because he can do everything a wide receiver can do. Sure. Is that why we've seen, I think, Sky Moore struggle a little bit more because he might be playing on the outside more so than having the advantage on the inside? Or, or what have you seen with Sky in general? Because when he came out of college, right, we knew it was a small school. We knew it was going to take time for him to get acclimated to the NFL. He wasn't playing at Georgia or Alabama, right? Right. And now he's all of a sudden the highest stage here. But the the calling card was his separation ability. We haven't seen a ton of that from him. It looks like a guy also, in my opinion, who's lost his confidence. You know, he, he hasn't had a good game in a while. He's constantly being beat down. I think if you are on social media, it's probably not great for players, especially when you're going through a rough right, period yeah. here. And now you're also maybe not playing the spot in the slot that suits him best. What have you seen with Sky Moore so far? Well, Sky Sky will be fine. I mean, it's it's a lot thrown at him. Um, myself, I came from a small school. Uh, but he'll, he'll pick up on it. It's going to take some time. He's going to acclimate. He's going to do well. Um, you know, he, this, he went through the same situation last year. And you notice in the Super Bowl, hey, he caught a touchdown. That's like a dream come true to catch a touchdown and win, win the Super Bowl. Um, so, I mean, Scott, Scott's going to be fine. He's going to acclimate um, to, to the NFL here pretty quickly. And I, I actually, I think he has acclimated. But you're going to have those games. You're going to have those games. And Andy is very good at, at um, putting you in a position to be successful. Sure. And, and with the receivers and everything, he put people in positions to be successful. So I, I think he'll come around. I was going to say, just something that really has stood out to me, uh, especially with Rasheed Rice here, his ability to find the soft spot in the zone this early in his career, right? This is something you typically see from veterans. This was Juju Smith-Schuster's calling card last oh, yeah. year, right? You know I, mean? I mean, Juju's not the most athletic guy anymore after all the, the knee surgeries and the injuries he has suffered, but he still finds the soft spot against zone coverage, right. and that's where he, he thrived. But you're seeing this from Rasheed Rice as a rookie. This, to me, is beyond impressive. When did you find you, you you understood the nuances and the soft spots and zones? How difficult is that? Well, it, it's kind of difficult when you're a rookie coming in, but I was very blessed. I had guys like Stefan Page, uh, J.J. Bird that worked with me and showed me. Stefan was a great mentor uh, and, and, and showing you how to know exactly how to read the zones and, and know the difference between man and zone because in the NFL, they're going to disguise it all the time. Sure. They're going to throw you off and – when you were a rookie, uh, I remember my first game playing in, in preseason, and I must have had a thousand things going through my head. Okay, <laughs> and I never forget. I ran, I ran a, the wrong route, um, and it was a slant, and I wasn't supposed to run a slant, but the slant was like a bliss adjustment. I caught a touchdown, and um, it was like perfect. Al Saunders was a great. I got a chance to see Al what, last what? week, which was great. And Al, I never forget. We were in a meeting, and Marty says, uh, "Timmy." 
did did you pick up on the guy was blissing? <laughs> and Al said, yes, yes, sir. I said, yes, sir, I did. But I, I, I missed it and, you know, things like that. I began to pick up on it because they always said if you miss a, if you miss a bliss adjustment and a quarterback get hit in the mouth, he's going to always remember you and you're not, you're not going to get on the field. Sure. So I ran the wrong route, but it was perfect. And I went with it and I said, hey, I got it. But it, it was kind of hard. You, you're running full speed. You're watching a guy. He looks like he's coming. And then he'll back right over and play zone. So you got to know exactly what's going on. And um, it's a thing that and, – and actually, Rice, is, is he picked up on it pretty well. And very good player. Uh, he's very aggressive, uh, very physical, and not, very fast. You know, so he plays the game fast. So uh, it's a, he's, he's acclimated to the NFL and, and the, the coverages real well. Because in college, there's, there's, they play zone and man, but – they don't disguise a lot. They don't. Sure. They don't do things to try to confuse you. And you know, in the NFL, every week that defense is doing everything they can to confuse you to make you think this is what we're going to do, but this is not what we're going to do. And what you think they're going. And honestly, you get into a game, you look at this game plan, you go over this every every day with the scouting team. Okay, in this situation they're going to do this here. This situation they're going to do that. When they don't do that. It confused you like, wait a minute, they didn't do what they're supposed to do, but that's their job as well to try to confuse you and um, be successful in that game. And Lamar Hunt says something to me my rookie year, I never forget it. He says, the thing you have to, because I, I had a, a, if we, even a preseason game, if we lost a preseason game, I was like down, upset about it. Sure. And Lamar was a very calm, humble man, most humble person I've ever known. He said, Timmy, you know, that team is a prof- they're professionals as well. And they put they put their pants on one leg at a time, and I've always remembered that. And I've told my kids that I've always said, you know what, I can do anything because that person is no different than me. And you know, when you when you're a rookie, you come into the uh, NFL, like like guys like Sky Moore, Rice, you you're playing with Patrick Mahomes. You know, I I know you're probably sitting there. Because I did it with Christian Okoye. This is the Nigerian nightmare. <laughs> I sit there in meetings, and I'm just staring at him like, wow, wow. I'm looking at, I'm this close to Christian Okoye, the night Nigerian nightmare. It was just yeah. exciting. But back that time, um, couldn't take pictures and all that with your phone, like, because I think my phone was a bag phone, and it was in the car, so you don't want to walk around with a bag. Uh, you know, bag there, there was no social media and all that. But I, I'm sure they sit there, and it's it, it's got to be overwhelming. You're, you're playing with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you know? Yeah. And and you come in as a rookie, and, and you're able to talk with this guy. This guy is, is mentoring you. This guy is showing you uh, the do's, the don'ts. This guy is saying, hey, do this this way. This is what, what works. And this, I mean, it's got to be overwhelming to know that, wow, this is Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I don't know what it even, – even me, I'm – I'm up in age now, but when I see Patrick, I get excited. When we're we're advancing, I see Patrick, I, I get excited. Uh, wow, this is Patrick. This is Patrick. You know, and um, he's he's a Patrick is a very humble young man, um, very athletic. Um, he do things that um, most people can't do. When he first came, when I first saw Patrick play, I thought, wow, this kid, his his mobility is not good. His mechanics are not good, and every coach taught. That hey, this is what you don't do. Now, guess what? Every coach is teaching. This is what you do. Do just what Patrick does. Yeah. Patrick, he practices and and he prepares so well. He prepares for situations that he might have to 
throw the ball sideways. He might have to throw the ball behind his back. All, all this he works on. He works on his mechanics of that nature, and he's very good at it. He can do it. And just the aura around Patrick Mahomes, it's unbelievable. Would you have liked to caught some some passes in oh, your in, in your uh, prime from, uh, from Mahomes? Hey, Keith Cash and I talk a lot, and and, and Kate, we talk. We often talk about man. If we play with Patrick, can you imagine? I mean, it, it has to be awesome to play with this guy. And, and the thing, I I I think I can look at Patrick and I can tell what kind of game he's going to have, how he's feeling. When he sticks his tongue out to the right, no, to the left, it's to the left. When he sticks his tongue out to the left. I'd be like, oh, yeah, he's ready. He's ready. He's ready. And there's games he'll do it, and my wife says, he's ready. I said, yep, he just put that tongue out. So, he, I mean, he's a great competitor. He wants to win. Um, even yesterday, my hat's off to him because there's a lot of guys would have said, I got the flu. I can't go, especially in an outdoor atmosphere like Denver. You know, the air is thin. Um, it's already hard. you gasping for air as he is. So, my hat's off to him. He's a competitor. He wanted to go, and he went, and he went, and he went. Yeah. Uh, Tim Barnett is our guest right here, Sports Radio 810 WHB. You mentioned Marty. What was it like having him as your head coach? What What, what are some Marty stories for us? <laughs> Everyone loves a good Marty story. Marty Marty, uh, Marty said, always said it works his way. you got to believe in my system. My system worked. There was no other way. <laughs> I remember we were working real hard. Marty was pushing us. Marty had a, had a tendency to push us real hard. And at this time, Neil Smith was the uh, team captain. Mm-hmm. So we all told Neil, you know, hey, Marty, we, we're working hard. He's pushing us. We need, um, we need, we need a break. We need to maybe go out and and, and shells and and just helmets. And so Neil, after practice, Neil, as a captain, he walked, he walks up to Marty's office. And so we're sitting there waiting to see, okay, what's what's this outcome going to be? So Neil said he went up and told Marty, hey, as a team captain, I'm representing the guys. Um, the guys' legs are kind of tired. That you know, you we, we're pushing them kind of hard. We want to just lay back a little bit, let them get the legs back. Maybe go out in shorts and shoulder pads. And uh, Neil said, "Marty," and he all when he put those glasses down, further on his nose and look over the glass. He told Neil, he says, "Is that how they feel?" Well, you go back and tell them, my system works, and what they want to do is not going to happen. We're going to stick with the system, and that was Marty. So he pushed us. You know, we hit a lot. And back then, you can you, it, it was a very physical. There were long training camps. Um, there was a lot of contact all the time. And I mean, that's what that's what we did. I mean, I did it in high school, junior high, um, college. That's everything was about physicality at that point. But now everything's about finesse and uh, just mastering the game, mastering your craft, and that's what they're doing. The guys take a lot of time now and master their craft. They walk through different things. They, they I mean, it's it's not a lot of contact, so um, it's just different. But Marty. Marty pushed us. We won, we won a lot of games with Marty, uh, but he pushed us. And that was going to be my, my question here. Is, and I'm not trying to say throw him under the bus by any means because you guys were prepared. You guys did win a ton of games when Marty was a head coach, and he's a damn good head coach. Very but, good. But, but, but at times, you look back now, and it's easy to look back now compared to when you're actually there every single day. But do you think that those hard practices, just the, the nonstop go, 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 the physicality, did that ever drain you guys as the season progressed, obviously, into the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think I think it did, actually. I think um, you get in the playoffs, you're tired. And, uh, you know, I think the guys now, when they get in the playoffs, they're fresh, yeah. you know, because they, I think they kind of lay off and they, they know what to do. And, and things change. It's just the time the ti- uh, time of change right now. So, it's got it, you know even everything changed guys even now they run fast you have everybody on this on this on the wide receiver corp running 4-3 so guys are faster and and that happens so uh with time 
So during that era, that was the right thing to do with Marty because that's what everybody did. That's what we thought was right. And so we did it, and we didn't know. But I'm sure that it had an effect on our leg, legs and everything in the playoffs that you, you, you get into a game, you're just tired, you know? Yeah. Uh, former Chief Wide Receiver Tim Barnett as our guest as we are here live at Hollywood Casino at Kansas Speedway. Uh, Sports Radio 810 WHB. I do want to talk about the defense here because the defense has been electric all season long for Kansas City. You know, the opponent's points per game, the Chiefs' defense, second in the NFL. Opponent's yards per game, fourth in the uh, in the NFL um, you know uh, opponents yards per play third in the NFL this Chiefs defense it's not like they're overplaying what they've done right it's not like they're giving up a ton of yards they've gotten some timely interceptions in the red zone they've just been good from from uh, from, from yard one to, to, to the other one I mean they have been electric is this defense in your mind sustainable this is a very good defense this defense um up until ye- up until yesterday, this defense would only allow what twenty points, and um, this defense uh, they create turnovers. This is a great defense, and and when Nick Bowden gets back, it's yeah. going to be even better. That that guy's a beast. Uh, number ninety, he he came back off his suspension, and um, he's a beast. Um, of course, you know Chris is gonna, Chris is going to do what Chris does. Yeah. Um, th- those res- those defensive backs, you know, it's it's a young core, but those guys were thrown out there early. They were thrown out there as rookies, and you know, hey, they had to play, so they had to make plays. You look at them now. Um, McDuffie um, has all the confidence in the world. Schneid mm-hmm. has all the confidence in the world. Uh, Edwards, all these guys have all the confidence, and they're playing. They're making plays. You know, even Snee got a couple calls yesterday. But you know what? That's going to happen. That's going to yeah. happen. Uh, if you're going to play a game, and, and what what it was, they became very physical. Him and I, I think it was Judy. He was uh, going against all day. Yeah, and Cortland Sutton at one point as well. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's one of the situations, especially in today's NFL. It's an offense-driven league, as we know. Yeah. If it's fifty-fifty, wide receivers getting the benefit of the doubt. Oh yeah. If yeah. it's fifty-fifty, it's going to be a flag on the cornerback, as yep. we saw with Snead. And again, he's not had a history of penalties in his career. Yeah. This was a, a bad game, which, quite frankly, wasn't really a, a bad game in my mind no. we've seen worse games in NFL you know, history here. you know he I, I think some of the calls um, and, and again I'm gonna say I'm not a referee I, I'm not an official so I, I've always and, and that's one thing Marty has always taught they're the officials let them do their job sure and if you want to be an official you quit football and become an official so I, I have to stand with them with the calls that they make now are the calls going to be always accurate no they're not going to always be accurate but those those calls are in real time. So I mean, it happens, so, and they they feel what they 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 go with what they see at that particular time. So it might look like something, but that's not. And you know, you look at the replay and say, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Even the touchdown, I sure I, that that Judy caught. I was like, well, I don't know, and I kept rewind it back and look and say, well, he didn't get that foot in, but it didn't matter what I thought. What the official sure. said mattered, so he got the touchdown. But, you know, um, Schnee got some calls yesterday, but I I, 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 I would bet on him that he's going to bounce right back and Schnee's going to make a big play or some big plays. Mm-hmm. And, we're gonna, and everybody, you know how football is. Once you make a big play, nobody remembers anything you did the last week. Nope. Good or bad, by the way. Yep, good or bad. Good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> when the Chiefs take on Miami in Germany, obviously Tyreek Hill is a big storyline. Is part of you bummed a little bit that this game is not happening in Arrowhead for the return of Tyreek? <laughs> Just to hear the fans. I, I would love to hear every, claps, every, booze, a little everybody, bit of both. <laughs> Everybody thought when the, when the schedule, when they talked about the schedule that we're going to play Miami, 
and everybody felt that, okay, this is going to be played in Arrowhead. Oh, man, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be electrifying. Uh, and it moved to Germany. Uh, but, hey, you know what? It's going to be a lot of fans there. I know a guy that he's go- taken like 200 people mm. to Germany for the game. So it's um, – Does he got room for 201? <laughs> <you know? laughs> so so it's going to be it's gonna be electrifying. Um, you know, uh, like I said, we're, I think we're going to be like the home team there because we're going to have a lot of fans there. Yeah. Um, you know, guys are going to go over and, and, and they're going to have a good time. Some people are going – leaving as, as as early as tomorrow going there and so uh it's going to be fun um one thing i can say i think we know how to control uh, not control contain tyreek so i mean because these guys practice against tyreek you know a few years ago this is what they did every, every day uh guys like mcduffie you know uh he he went up against tyreek so it's gonna it's gonna be uh electrifying um I hope Tyreek gets so excited and so overwhelmed that, you know, you get too hyped mm-hmm. and you, you have a down play. And I hope that's what happens, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, you know, and, and Tua, we just going to have to get to him. Yeah. We're going to do what we got to do. And, and after losing a game, um, I, I told my wife today, I said, you know, maybe it's a good thing. And, and I always try to take a scenario that's bad and turn it into something that's good. I, after losing that game, I, I, I'm hoping and I feel that that's going to enhance us to have a better game against Miami and we'll be ready and do what we got to do. So so you mentioned, obviously, Tyreek going up against the Chiefs defensive players. So the Chiefs defensive players should have a, a nice little book on Tyreek Hill, but the other side of the coin as well, Tyreek obviously knows oh, those yeah. guys. He knows their weaknesses, their strengths, and maybe how to exploit them, if you will. Who has an advantage in a situation like this? Is it the Chiefs or is it Tyreek Hill? I'm going to always go with the Chiefs because I don't think Tua is Patrick Mahomes. So mm-hmm. I think that's where we have the advantage. And, um, you know, there's ways you can play uh, Tyreek. You can play one over and over top, and, and it's kind of hard for him to get those deep balls. And, you know, you might catch 12 balls, but you might have 56 yards, So which is fine sure. with, with a guy like Tyreek especially. So it's it's going to be exciting. Uh, I'll be up about six o'clock uh, Sunday morning, going through my ritual. Um, I, I wear my same clothes to the game. I get home, my wife have to wash them, I, and and if I don't wear those clothes, I what feel clothes? That what, I, what, what what jersey? I, no, sweater. No, I, I have a I have a pullover um, that I wear with a red jacket, black pants, um, chief shoes with chief socks, and that's every game. And I have to be one to admit, um, I didn't wear that yesterday. Come on. And the reason I didn't. Tim. No, I didn't wear it yesterday, and I thought about <laughs> it. And after the game, my wife says, you didn't put on your uniform. I said, mm. you're right. So maybe it's my fault, so I'll take the heat for that. But you bet your bottom dollar. I have it on Sunday morning <laughs> early, about 6 o'clock. So, so you obviously you're at least a little superstitious now that, oh, that, yeah. that you're done. When you were playing, did you have any superstitions, oh, yeah. any we, game day rituals? What, what did you have for you? You know what? I, I had to have the same socks and everything. Okay. Uh, make sure you got the same jock. Everything this everything has to be the same, and you put everything on in the same order. And mo- mm-hmm. believe it or not, most football players are superstitious. Sure. When you do things and it, you have this great game, you want to come back and do the same thing, and you stick with it. Yeah. If you had a bad game, was that thrown out, or, or did no, you let no, it ride? No, you can't throw it out. I mean, because, <laughs> you know, uh, in this game, that, you know, you're not going to play – uh, every game and have great games. You're going to have situations sometimes that just don't work. Sure. You know, you get beat sometimes. But, hey, as long as you win more than you lose, you're all right. <laughs> Former Chiefs wide receiver Tim Barnett is our guest. We will take a quick break as we are here live at Hollywood Casino at Kansas Speedway. Sports Radio 810 WHB.
Welcome back to Sports Radio 810 WHB. It is the KC Legend Show. I am Sterling Holmes here live at Hollywood Casino at Kansas Speedway until 7 o'clock. Again, Tim Barnett, former Chiefs wide receiver, is our guest. Uh, we were laughing in the break right there. You know, tonight's game, it's it's the Raiders, it's the Lions. You were hoping that Devontae Adams would get so pissed off with Jimmy G, <laughs> Aiden O'Connell. Uh, was it Brian Hoyer at the backup QB carousel oh, for yeah. the uh, for the Raiders that maybe he would want to uh, force a trade to KC? Oh, yeah. Boy, that would be awesome. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think most receivers in the league now uh, would love to have an opportunity to play with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And the stuff that Patrick can do and the stuff that he does uh, is just phenomenal. Uh, Patrick is a sound football player. Um, he's a ver- very polished football player. Um, you can tell he spends a lot of time uh, in the film room, so he knows what's going on. He knows the game. He, he's, he's a master at his craft. And so um, if I could right now, if they, if they offer me, about a hundred bucks, I'll play. I'll go and play. <laughs> hundred bucks a game. I, I I will say this: that there, there's a there's always this talk of you know players want to play with Patrick. Players want to get these rings. And while I don't disagree with that sentiment, it seems like they still value the money over anything else. I'm not saying every player does, but you know DeAndre Hopkins. He was saying, you know, I'm tired of losing. I want to go to a winning organization. He well, goes to the Titans. Well, now, you know what? He went to the Titans yesterday. He caught. Four, four catches, three touchdowns, over 100 yards. Yeah, so, it was a great game. I mean, it was a great game for you. No, it was a great game, but the, the point is you're not going anywhere in Tennessee. Right. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, he was offered a contract here in Canada. Not not what it was when he got in New England, right. but he was still offered a smaller contract to come back, and he chose the, the larger amount of money to go to a, quite frankly, catching passes for Mac Jones and a bad team in New England. So do you think there's this overblown concept of players will take less to come to Kansas City, especially wide receivers? to play with Patrick, when in reality, odds are if the numbers aren't even remotely close, that ain't happening. Well, you know, I think I think players will, but and then you have players as you get older, like Juju, uh, he's trying to solidify uh, his lifestyle after sure. football. So he's, um, I can understand him uh, taking the money and everything, and a lot of guys will take the money, but, you know, guys that take a little bit less just to play with Patrick, especially younger guys uh, in their careers and, and knowing that, you know, they're going to have an opportunity to get a ring. They're going to have an opportunity to uh, be a part of a winning uh, organization. So I, I think I think the younger guys will. But as a guy um, get older, uh, they're going to they're going to go for the money because they sure. know they're on the, the end of their, their um, career. So they want to solidify their lifestyle as much as they can at that time. Yeah. Uh, former Chiefs wide receiver Tim Barnett is our guest. And I want to ask you this because this is something I've uh, started to notice and realize as I've gotten older, those Hail Mary throws, those, um, you know, MVS that happened in that game, right? Mahomes was scrambling, 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 broken play. He just throws it up. MVS clearly is getting grabbed, doesn't have a chance to actually make a play on the ball. It's not called. And my reaction at that time was, well, that's never called, so of course it wasn't going to be called in that situation. As a former wide receiver in the NFL, would you have liked to see, see that called, or do you also understand the point of, well, you know what, there's so much jostling going on in these Hail Marys, you can't call it because every single time it would be a pass interference call. Well, I, I would have liked to have seen it called, um, and actually that's what happens when you get when you throw, most time when you throw a Hail Mary or you, you throw a bomb um, and you know that you're getting roughed up, you're looking for a pass interference call. Sure. And sometimes you know it's not even uh, feasible that you're going to 
catch a ball uh, in that time. But if, if you get a pass interference, it gives you an opportunity, one more play, and, and especially if it's on the one-yard line, the two-yard yeah. lines, you know what? You're down there. You got Isaiah Pacheco. Let it, let him ride. <laughs> let him ride. So, I, I, I mean, I, I would have liked to have seen it called. But, you know, and, and I have to look at it uh, from a uh, official perspective as well. You know, if they think it's a, a call, they're going to call it. But if it's going to be a decision uh, uh, point of the, the change that uh, to change the game, they don't want to do it. They don't want that on their sure. back. That because just just like we want it called, the opponents they're going to say you got people saying that shouldn't have been called. That shouldn't yeah. have been called. So either way, uh, a few years ago, um, I think the Raiders, not the Raiders, the Saints were playing the Rams, and I thought one of the Saints got hit out of bounds, and it was pretty. Pretty Every, clear. And they're pretty obvious. <laughs> and he didn't call it. So uh, I got some friends that's fa- Saints fan. They were like, that should have been called. We're supposed to be the Super Bowl. I says, well, you know, in the, in the official eyes at that point, he didn't see it as, an, as a call. Yeah. So you have to know that's his job as well. And I, I said to my friend, do, when you go to your job, do you do everything correct? All the time. Well, no, of course not. I says. So, how do you expect for this official to do everything correct every single time? So, you know, I would like to see have seen that call being made, especially when it's going to benefit us. Yeah. But it didn't happen. <laughs> you have to live with it. So, the thing I, I I say, you you live with them, and you live without them. So, <laughs> hey, if they happen, it's great. So that's why every time it's um, if a guy jumps off sides and. It's a free play. You don't see a quarterback throw five yards. He's gonna launch it downfield because guess what? There's a chance that's you're gonna get a you're gonna catch a pass or you're gonna get an interference. If you get an interference, hey, that's great. So you're moving down. This was the KC Legend Show right here, Sports Radio 810 WHB, Hollywood Casino at Kansas Speedway. Our special guest was former Chiefs wide receiver Tim Barnett. Up next, Lions and Raiders in Detroit. Amon Ross St. Brown playing with the flu should be good to go. We will take you there right after this. We are out.